Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus Three, presented as always by Omaha. We're ready to roll into a hot sports weekend here. Baseball now off the menu, but everything else is available for you. Let's get into as much of it as we possibly can with our main men. As always, Eddie Spaghetti sitting there behind the glass and from his Hollywood manse ruling over all his show business, it's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm, 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 you know, there, there's like a cumulative effect of we had a lot of birthdays. We had Halloween, uh, obviously election night, uh, it's the World Series. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling gassed, man. I, I do not have the legs I used to have. Um, but, uh, look, well, listen, you get a couple I'm, of weeks of downtime, just drinking some football, relax, you know, you don't have to get too worked up about anything in the NBA. As a matter of fact, I was going to say the NHL, but I'll no jive. I was legit nervous for a November NHL game for my favorite hockey team. The losing streak of seven had officially gotten to be too much. And so I was relieved to see my favorite team, the Penguins, defeat the Capitals the other night. But otherwise, yes, just some football. Then we'll have a big feast. Get ramped up. I already talked about it last week as we jump into our goat and goat of the week here. Kevin Hench, I'll let you start us off. Last week, I'll remind you, the GOAT of the week, nay, the month may well be the trio of games that await our, our, our eyeballs on Thanksgiving. A terrific trio of games, although maybe injured by the injury to Josh Allen's elbow, and that has bigger import than just our Thanksgiving viewing habits, maybe for the entire playoff picture, the entire AFC, certainly the AFC East. Anyhow, I don't want to tip your hand. I want to hear what you have to say. Your goat and go to the week, and then we'll do our best bets for the weekend. Take it. Take us away there, Kevin. Well, my good goat, it's just so perfect uh, because last week on this program, um, I threw out what would the draft order be if that quarterback class had to be done again, and Spaghetti got the answer right. Justin Fields would be the top-picked quarterback of those five guys and I, I uh, feel confident, more confident than ever, that that, that would be the case. And uh, his three touchdown pass, 178 yards rushing with a TD, 12 yards a carry. I mean, on a team that's not trying, very Lamar-esque, uh, definitely my single-handedly won my Superflex League game, the only league I'm going to the playoffs in fantasy. Uh, that, Justin Fields, my GOAT. My good goat of the week by a mile. I like it. May, may I say, let me play, let me just play devil's damashek to that one. I feel like this is going to be around the time, I don't remember what year that was, that LeBron James was drafted and then Carmelo Anthony was drafted right after him. What would that be? 2006? Maybe even further back than that. But anyhow, 2003. Three, right. Boy, I, it doesn't feel like Syracuse with Carmelo winning that, the national championship was almost 20 years ago, but I guess it was. We're old now. Um, but, yeah, I feel like this this take 
with all respect to Justin Fields, who is tracking towards being a good NFL quarterback, who, by the way, and I said that when he was still at Ohio State, what are we talking about? The people are down on this guy. I still think Trevor Lawrence ends up winning the day there. I just am riding uh, my uh, uh, the confidence of scouts. They don't get that wrong. And Trevor Lawrence looked good himself last week. So I think Lawrence ends up winning that one out. But okay, good for you. Pat yourself on okay, the back. Okay, now this is a perfect segue because, you know, in this, in this negative world, we always want to spend a little more time on the bad goats. So my goat mm. um, is – is Trevor involves Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think the Jags, I, I just saw the graphic. They were either 0 in 161 all time or 1 in 161 all time. I don't know if the one was the game down 17 points against the Raiders. They beat the Raiders. So the Raiders have now lost a 20 point lead to the not very good Cardinals a 17-point lead to the 3-6 and six Jaguars. And, of course, we remember third and one, Josh Jacobs averaging 7.5 yards a carry against the Chiefs, didn't touch the ball on third and one or fourth and one. Okay, so maybe Josh McDaniel's not a good NFL coach. My Ironically, my bad goat was going to be Frank Reich, but Ursay kind of took care of that. Like I was, if he made it to this recording, I was going to say, how how horribly Reich handled the Ellinger Ryan thing. Obviously, no good options there, but don't box yourself in by saying, I like what I see from this guy. He's the future. Like Matt Ryan, whether he's hurt or not, is not going to play. You're like, just go like Matt can't go this week. So we're going to go this way. And then when the guy's terrible, give yourself some options. Once you've said this is how I evaluate quarterback play in practice. You're asking to be fired. But anyway, Frank Reich couldn't be my bad goat because he was Ursay's bad goat. So then that would be mean spirited, right? I know. So then I had to pivot to the guy who turned his car around on the way to the airport. The whole reason Frank Reich was the coach of the Colts to get fired by the Colts is because Josh McDaniels turned the job down after accepting the job. And he, you know, he was apparently biding his time for a better opportunity. Well, you got it, buddy. You're the man. And you're now seven and 23 in your last 30 games as an NFL head coach. And then even more ironically, those two teams play each other this week. The, the, the team he spurned, uh, uh, with, with no ability to move the football coming in, uh, to, to play the Raiders uh, in in the the bad go to Palooza uh, in the desert. I love it, and I also think I'm now on the record. I said it on extra points um, as we made our NFL picks for the upcoming week. I think the Colts winning that game is plausible. I know that the Colts are an atrocity. I know Sam Ellinger is their starting quarterback. Weirdly, still. I was surprised Jeff Saturday didn't say, let's start fresh. Obviously, the guy who's a borderline Hall of Famer should be playing for us instead of this guy who has no chance of being a long-term NFL starter. Let's go with that and put number two under center. Either way, to your point about Josh McDaniels, isn't he feeling the weight of the world right now? Imagine if he – imagine if they fall behind to Jeff Saturday's Indianapolis Colts at some point. That that pressure is going to be grim – on that guy. And it also begs the longstanding question, what in the hell is Bill Belichick up to? What what does he not tell? What is the secret ingredient 
that it's like that old thing, like, I, I he, this old guy taught me all his tricks. And then the old guy in the movie goes like, not all my tricks, <laughs> but really, what is the trick that Bill Belichick isn't sharing with every one of his assistant coaches? Because obviously he's holding something back because it don't work wherever else anyone it goes. It's right? so maddening, right? Because, like, obviously you're in the conference room with him. You're on the field with him. You're standing next to him. The same information is going through both your headsets and somehow a completely non-transferable ability with just a coaching tree abomination, right? Almost almost uniformly across the board, failing everywhere they go. Uh, it, it's like I had a, you know, Barack Obama went out on the campaign trail last week trying to drag the party across the finish line. And I'm watching him and it's it's like the Belichick thing. You're like, nobody can come close to this. No, Nobody can just watch game film of Barack Obama and just copy him, like sound like him. Get the cadence down, like build to a crescendo. Like, nope, just an ocean of zeros with no charisma. There's no one A. There's no one B. There's nobody remotely close to him. He's like, he's in retirement. He hasn't been working out. He just wanders up to a microphone and destroys for 40 minutes. And and they haven't they haven't groomed anyone to to fill that that vacuum. And yeah, Belichick. I like that analogy. Some, That's good. There's some secret sauce. I that, think that, this. That I, I I was gonna say that Belichick, like he should just cut to the chase and save Bob Kraft some loot and just say like, if you haven't figured it out by now, old man. I don't actually need these assistants. I'm just going to do it all myself. I don't know why we need these figureheads to populate the sideline. You know why he's doing it? You know why he's doing it? I just figured he's doing, he's playing 4D chess. He's creating these phonies behind him. And then he knows that the other 31 franchises will be too dumb to catch on. And then he lets them go out into the world because he knows that they're going to fail and therefore boost his own chances of winning another well, division. He's, uh, he's already done that with the, the guy allegedly calling the plays. So it's going to be hard for them to fall for the Patricia thing twice. But like when they, you know, when they zoom in on Patricia, he's like senior football advisor or something like the links they're going to, to not call him offensive coordinator. But that's to prove your point. It's like, it doesn't matter what these guys are called or what they allegedly do. I'm doing the whole thing. Right. And, uh, really bare by like, he's a defensive wizard and he's the one who helps scheme up stopping that high octane LA Rams offense with Jared Goff in, in uh, the Super Bowl three or four years ago. And then he goes off to Detroit and falls on his face embarrassingly. Now he's an offensive wizard. And hear me now, believe me later, some other NFL team will give him another shot just like they did Josh McDaniels, and maybe it won't be that big a surprise if it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, we're hiring <laughs> Matt Patricia, offensive wizard. <laughs> anyway, um, Eddie Spaghetti, take it away. Your goat and your goat of the week. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Hey, listen up, sports fan. This message is for you. Your first bet with Caesar Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code CZRFULL and place your first bet. If you win, muzzle tough. If you don't, 
you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and over, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or our nation's capital. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So I'll start with my bad goat, and me and Shug were talking about this before, but the NBA released, um, I guess, new city jerseys or something they're calling like that, and it's, I, I mean, look, the NHL put out the reverse retros, and I would say all but maybe a handful um, we're good. This is the exact opposite. The NBA did a terrible job here. They want to just make a quick buck. Uh, most of these jerseys are just bizarre color schemes. They don't even belong to the team. Some are just the basic black or white, which is not really changing from the, or, you know, the whole point of this is to use uh, different designs and, and features and whatnot. But these are as bad as it gets. There's maybe two or three I could stomach. Uh, I think the NBA needs to cool with jerseys. And like Sal mentioned to us doing the uh, the race to 10 the other night with everyone, it's like you don't even know which teams are playing because you can't tell from the different teams because of all the new uniforms they have. So uh, I just think they need to cool it with what they're doing there. It's it's really, really awful. I mean, I'm sure may have some takes on this, but um, I, my, my good well, goal I mean, I'm going with this team. Obviously, what I say goes in the world of uniforms. I am an esteemed uh, non-parallel. But 
I think we can all agree that it crosses a line that you don't get to one day wake up and be like, yeah, I know what our what our team colors are, but here are new uniforms that have nothing to do with that color scheme, and here's a brand new color scheme. That's outrageous. Now, listen, if you can explain to me that deep in your history, like the Philadelphia Eagles used to wear powder blue and gold, like, okay, I'll be loose about it. I'll allow you to break those out once in a while. But you don't just get to do what the Buffalo Sabres are doing in the NHL. I hear you on the NBA, but the Sabres are going back to, like, they're blue and gold. And then one day, like 20 years ago, they're like, nope, now we're black and red. To hell with that. You riot until you wear your team colors. Even worse than that one, I can make it my goat this week and for all the time. The worst one of those of all time in our nation's capital. Washington, D.C. The team is named the Capitals. One day, they set aside red, white, and blue in favor of teal, black, and gold. Shame the devil. Well, it's funny. Real quick, because you mentioned uh, our nation's capital. So maybe we'll have time to talk about the the district attorney (laughs) in their nation's capital uh, joining the ranks of everybody in the world who hates Daniel Snyder. I just love that everyone's adding their name to the thing. Could the DA in Miami, because it's a it's a consumer protection lawsuit in D.C., could the DA in Miami sue the heat as a consumer protection move for those Sherbert abominations like this seems like an attack on the fans? (laughs) Those are the worst of all. That's right. It's it's sort of like, you know, I feel um, as as a, you know, one of society's foremost empaths. I I feel I felt bad in the past week for Houston Astros fans, or I should say I, I felt happy for them because you can hate Jose Altuve and anybody else on the Astros uh, all you want, but it did put the Astros fans in a weird spot of like, we didn't do anything. What do you want us to do? Stop rooting for our baseball team? Like we can't abandon them. This is this is the premise of living in Houston, Texas, is that we have a local baseball team. You, The rest of the baseball world wants us to pretend that we hate them now. Like, we, we didn't do anything wrong. We just wanted to cheer for our guys. So I was happy at least for them. Even if you hate the organization, I'm happy for the team. Same thing with these bum uniforms. Like, I have to cheer for this now? Like, I, I just wanted to cheer for my local sports collective. And now you're putting me in a weird spot, team. Yeah, you take your kid to his first game and they're wearing those uniforms. Like, I don't, I don't know. Wait, I thought we were going to be our team. No, no, I know that's them, but. All right, Spaghetti. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Uh, So that's bad goat. Good goat. Bad goat. Good goat now. And I'm going with this team for two reasons. And that is my Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And I'm very happy over a great win. Uh, Every big matchup they had this year, they've pretty much uh, come to play. They rise to the occasion. Um, So that was great to see a a dominant home victory over Clemson uh, with my family. That's that's number one reason. Number two reason. And this could lead maybe into a college football discussion. But I'm very glad that we no longer have to rank Clemson high, have to pretend Clemson's a playoff team, have to say that the ACC is a good conference. Notre Dame has beaten the last 27 ACC opponents in regular season play. So that's another thing, too, with you want them to join a conference. They dominate that conference. Not a good conference. Clemson's not a good team. Clemson's clearly dealing with some quarterback issues, and they put in the freshman throws a, uh, a pick immediately. Uh, DJ Ewan from a guy that would have been a high draft pick, too. Who really knows now? And they're out of the picture, which then leads you know to the conversation to maybe your Oregons, your TCUs, your Tennessees. Um, that'll be a lot more fun than having to just put Clemson in because they are the, the, I guess, the top team in a very, very, very weak conference. 
I like it. Um, but I have to now add a late goat to my goat and goat of the week. Um, just pencil this one in here at the 11th hour. Eddie Spaghetti, goat of the week. You turned your back on the Notre Dame fighting Irish. You said they stink. Now you're in support of them again? I mean, I never said they, I, yeah, it's a very strange year. I mean, you, you, you lose to Marshall and you lose even worse Stanford at home. Stanford's a brutal team, but like every big game they had to play, whether it's Ohio State having a lead in the second half, they played them close. BYU ranked opponent, neutral site, beat them. Syracuse ranked opponent at, at Syracuse, beat them. Clemson, uh, number four team in the country, beat them. Like every big game they have, they've had performed well. So they kind of rise to the occasion, but then they will also play down in their competition. The team was not good. So um, I, it just meant I meant I'm used to Notre Dame. That's the last, I believe, eight seasons they've finished at or above their initial preseason poll and they've been a team that's fortunate enough to make the playoffs this year is not going to happen. So it's a little bit of a step back, but new coach dealing with obviously a quarterback change. So listen, it's between you and your God. But when you stood up there with the man in the Catholic collar and got married to Notre Dame, he said better or worse. They were a little worse this year and you turned your back on them. This raises an interesting question as to which fan you feel more obliged to have an intervention with. Okay, so Spaghetti is like his uh, graph with the Fighting Irish is just right in sync with their performance. Like he's angry at them when they're losing these terrible games and he's now falling back. He's remembering why he married them. He's falling back in love with them. Mm-hmm. We're all rooting for Freeman. So uh, so that that tracks. Like I'm like, I, I, I understand – that, that Spaghetti said some mean things, and now he's saying some nice things. That tracks. Here's what doesn't track. A, a guy who's like, hey, man, year 17 for these three Penguin stars. I feel really confident that we're going to make a run. And you're like, that team blows, Sheck. And you're like, no, they don't, man. This Hall of Fame, last rodeo, they're going to – and you're like, they, they had a back-to-back games where they were minus nine in the third period. Like, your, your team is ancient – they're gonna fall. They're never gonna have the legs to make a run, and you're still like, "Oh my god! Thank God they didn't lose their eighth game in a row." And Spaghetti and I are just wondering, like, when do we have to strap check to a chair and tell him it's over? Like, you're so delusional about these three guys and their capacity to to forget lift the cup. Like, they can't lift a cup, like a red solo cup. They're so physically diminished. How say you? Shame on you. I think here's what I'll say in response to that senseless attack on the millennium's greatest NHL team and starring the millennium's greatest player. He is. Let me make an analogy for you that you will really hate Hedge Star Wars because you ain't a Star Wars guy because you're too cool for school. You know, Luke Skywalker is Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby is Luke Skywalker. He's the through line in the Star Wars universe. Who are two of his best pals? R2-D2 and C-3PO. That's what Gino Malkin and Chris Letang are. Okay, they're a little beaten up. They're a little worse for wear. But you know what? They win more often than not. And they screw up some of the time. But they're sassy. And that goes a long way. And I will say, even in victory in our nation's capital um, on Wednesday night, they stand out. It's a weird It's a weird formula that they continue to win more than they lose with, which is their head coach, Mike Sullivan, 
has a very disciplined structure that he wants the team to play with. The problem is that 18 of the 20 guys are willing to do that, but those two guys are not. So you have these two stars. It's sort of like the Jimmy Johnson away from the field rules. Like, yeah, Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and Troy Aikman can do one thing. You bum special teamers better not play ball the way they're doing it. It's the same sort of thing. It's like, what Mike Sullivan going to do? Like, you're dreadful, risk-taking um, – playmaking in the neutral zone that turns the puck over constantly and gives our foes great chances. It's kind of like R2-D2 and C-3PO. It's like, ah, I can't stay mad at you guys. You're icons after all, and you're fun guys. That's where I come down on these penguins, and I'm not and I'm not closing the book. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. Hey, let me ask you this. Right, uh, spaghetti. Because we, we haven't alienated enough listeners with hockey. Uh, is Rust – Is I know Rust never sleeps, but is he slow – is he not fast? No, he's fast. No, he's fast. That's what I thought. And yet, when when Hampus Lindholm takes the puck behind his own net and Rust is in hot pursuit, he never gains a stride on Lindholm. Lindholm skates with the puck the length of the ice and buries it to win in overtime. And I'm like, why is Rust not reeling him in? I mean, maybe he was gassed. I don't know the answer to that, and I'm not here to talk about a hockey game that was played more than a week ago. That's for that, that's right. for GD. Well, I'm just sure. trying to help you prepare for the rest of the terrible season. Star Wars, the Phantom right. Playoffs. It's not you. Do you realize? Are you are you putting your foot down here? Or are you just trying to get my goat during Goat and Goat of the Week here? Because if you really <laughs> think I'm always you, I'm always just trying to get your goat, but the Penguins are not. Okay, that's you. fair. But do you? But do, but do you are you going to say here and now because you can make the bet right now? Sal's in on it. Spaghetti's in on it. Why don't you get in with all your good friends there and bet the Penguins to miss the playoffs? Let's see okay. how it works out for you. Do all it. right, we'll do. You're rich. Why don't you put Why don't you put down some of your uh, your rich man <laughs> yeah. money against right. the Penguins? And root against uh, root against joy. That's what you root against when you root against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mostly, I'm, I, I just don't, I just don't want to see those three brittle guys get hurt in the playoffs. It's really compassion. Yeah, I, you know what? All right, screw. And I say nice things about your decidedly unlikable collection of of hockey players. I even call them Hall of Famers when people even want to argue. Chucky Bright Lights coming they're back. Most- Bruins getting a big piece back. The best record in hockey. All right, All right. Eddie Spaghetti, your other goat. He did both. Are you so? Oh, he did them both. He did them both. Are okay. you so rattled? You're so rattled by coming. To oh, terms. okay, okay. You're so rattled coming to terms with your hockey team. You can't even remember what just happened three no, minutes no, ago. Listen, don't you see? I've ar- don't you see? I've already won. I've already won. They, they've won cups. Now they they're in pursuit of something else. History. Maybe it doesn't end in a championship, but the history of them being together, that trio for as long yeah. as they will be, will be something to they're celebrate. It's something to celebrate something right now. The next number one draft pick to carry them. Into the future. <laughs> what a creep. All right. Uh, my goat of the week is an unironic one. I love this guy, that Tennessee football fan guy who Peyton Manning brought out at the Country Music Awards earlier in the week. That guy who does that jig clogging dance to 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 the Rocky Top song and he's at he's got kind of long hair and a beard and he's a youngish guy and he just comes out and he clogs around the stage and he's not doing it as a bit he's not doing it for a laugh with his frat brothers he doesn't go back to Sigma Chi and be like you see what I did I did that silly dance you can tell he is a ray of sunshine in our in our 
to Dark World. I love that guy unironically. Keep on dancing. It almost makes me want the Vols to make the playoffs, which I don't because, of course, philosophically, you can't put a team that is that can't even win its own division that is within a conference into a Final Four. There's not a Final Eight or Final Twelve. There are four total spots, but you're going to put the third-place team by ranking within the SEC into the Final Four? It makes no GD sense. So I would be sick, but for that guy, if it made him happy and made him do that jig for all of us again, maybe I can bend the rules for him. All right. Now, Dad go. speaking of SEC, speaking of SEC, I have Bulldogs times two on my brain. First of all, Spaghetti talked about uniforms a second ago. What plagues the SEC in terms of aesthetics is that everybody, too many of the teams wear maroon and white. They all, I mean, like LSU doesn't and and Georgia doesn't, but there's a plague of like, think about A&M and Alabama and Mississippi State, and they all like when they play each other, they all, Arkansas, they all have the same uniforms on. I can can barely tell one from the other. Um, But Bulldogs, in the SEC, you have two teams named Bulldogs. That's like the CFL which was which was more ridiculous um, when they had uh, what was there what was rough the one that riders they had, going there? They they had, had rough riders the rough, and riders, rough, the rough riders and rough riders <laughs> and the rough riders and there were eight total teams um, so not as ridiculous so maybe I have dogs on my main and speaking of dogs underdog I like Mississippi State this weekend plus sixteen do without what you will um, but maybe it's the dogs I have on my brain but. I I know I'm a contrarian on this one, and I seem curmudgeonly for it, but I think it's a weird move to get a dog if you're a human being. Don't we have enough to deal with, enough tragedy, which is just the, the structure of, uh, uh, of having uh, living in a mortal coil that we are brought onto this earth – by our elders, and then if things go right, they pass away before we do, and so goes the circle of life, and go watch The Lion King and all of that stuff. But when you inject a dog into the, into the mix, now you're introducing a creature who you're going to care about deeply, but that you hope, if things go well, is going to die sooner than you. Why are you putting that on yourself, everybody? Well, forget right? about yourself. What about your kids? I mean, the Right. That's why we have uh, we've we've perfected this. There's a there's a there's a way around this problem. Like we're a dog family, but what we do is we have dogs we hate. So this way, Uh. you know, like Gigi couldn't be more excited for Louie to cast off this mortal coil. Then she can get a Pomeranian. Like so (laughs) I like having two big, loud dogs. I just think, you know, you're gonna come. You're gonna come rob the place. You hear these guys. You're like, "F it, I'm gonna move next door, rob our neighbors." These dogs, you know. They, they, if it's I, a I, transactional relationship, that I can I can dig that. I'm talking about when you develop an emotional bond, and then you know, like, don't get too attached, kids, because because uh, Poochie here ain't in for the long haul. And that's a good thing. No, we what? Had to, what, what, what sense does that make? We had to bring the guy to the house to put the needle in Cookie in the in the on the back patio. That was a rough day. <laughs> on the back patio. Yeah. Why? Hey guys, come say goodbye. Nice environment. Say goodbye to Cookie. Where's she going? 
It's going going far we're away. We're jumping into the pool though, Dad. We're gonna have a we're gonna have a, a swim in Cookie's eye. All honor. right, we'll give we're Cookie one Cookie last memory. swim. One last swim <laughs> in her with her hip dysplasia. Um I don't understand. Well, you you, you did uh, take a glancing shot at them, but of course the the goat that would rise above everybody else is the ongoing embarrassment. But it it's almost so ridiculous now for all the darkness around the Washington Commanders. But it's so absurd; it feels almost like the premise of a comedy uh, of a of a screenplay that Kevin Hench might pen. Like, well, we're obviously news Bears. Forget about this. This is a pro football team. We're we're into the major league, right? Like everyone needs. Like everyone needs him to sell every every commander fan, every uh, NFL fan. Everybody hates this guy. Uh, every Virginia state legislator. Everybody says, like, we'll build a stadium. Get lost. Like everyone needs this guy to get lost. What's so great about this lawsuit. And I, again, I, it seems like consumer protection seems like a reach. But whatever. As long as they're depositions that we have something to talk about. But. They named Goodell, right? They named Goodell in the suit. And this is the problem that now Goodell. So when when Cassidy Hutchinson said, you know, testifies and then the Secret Service guys go, she's lying. She's lying. And you're like, oh, OK, great. I'm glad you guys are willing to step up under oath and, and tell us she's. Oh, no, no, no. Not under oath. We're not willing. Oh, Cassidy Hutchinson just loves death threats. That's why she's doing this for nothing, for no reason. She just loves getting death threats. So she's just a psychopath. And then it's like, it's like, okay, guys, let's hear your side of the story. Now we're cool. We're just going to leak it to the Washington Post. We're not going to do anything under oath. You're like, oh, okay, we know you're lying. So now we know you're lying and she's telling the truth, which is what, why we have something called under oath and perjury. Thank you for your time, scumbags. Appreciate it. Goodell is now in the same problem, right? He's like, okay, Beth Wilkinson... Do not put in writing what we all know you invariably found. I can't, I can't bury this. I can't hide this if you put it in writing. So I'm going to need an oral report uh, with no recorders in the room because I don't want to go through this Belichick uh, tape thing again. I don't. I can't have hard copies of anything around um, that can later be subpoenaed. So then the district attorney in DC is like. Hey, yeah, uh, Goodell, that cover up, no good for the consumers. That cover up, you like, and it's like, so now Goodell, who just wants nothing more than Daniel Snyder to go away, is now going to be being deposed. Why an oral report? This seems very weird. Why, why wouldn't you just have her put all her findings in a huge document? Um, I'm better. I learn better by hearing. I'm not a great reader. What's he going to say? So anyway, and, and now it, it feels he wanted like to do the thing of like it felt like what it, when I saw that the D.A. was about to announce something earlier earlier in the week, it suddenly occurred to me, oh, this is this is Goodell's dream, right? This is what he wants. He can't have his fingerprints on it. He wants a third party to jump in and make Daniel Snyder go away. Right. But now, but but now he, he, I mean, it was a really tough needle to thread that he was trying to go for, and I and I guess he's going and, to and it is, anyway. But I think this is what they it, wanted. It does right? have this feeling like that Snyder is just being cornered. Uh, it's kind of ironic as you as you look at this crazy coordinated full court kill shot that Rupert Murdoch is executing on Trump. Like it's like 
I want everyone on the same page. That guy's a loser. Wall Street Journal editorial, New York Post front page, Fox News, get kill this. You know, they're like, it is a full like. And so obviously Goodell wants that done to Daniel Snyder um, every as everybody does. And now Snyder might be in that position where he goes, OK, OK, I'll sell the team. Can everyone get off my back now? And the DA is going to go, no. No, we're going to, there's going to, there, we want some, <laughs> we don't uh, care about, we don't care. We want, like, it's just, it's so diabolically perfect. Like, all right, all right, I'll sell. It's like, oh, that's not my, that's what Goodell wants. I'm here for something else. I want several hundred million dollars for the people you defrauded. <laughs> like, wow. Anyway, it's delightful. It is, couldn't be. I mean, I do, I, 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 there, there are a lot of good, like you were saying about the Astros, there are a lot of good people who root for that team who deserve to be free of this monster and, and, and have the team restored to its former glory. But in the meantime, um, those of us who, who, those of us who hate Daniel Snyder, which I think is only 99.9. Well, I'm sure actually, never mind. I'm sure Tanya can't stand him either. It's probably a hundred percent. We're just, we can just, you know, get the popcorn out and enjoy this, uh, this, this demise. That's an interesting thing. What's become a, it's a, uh, anti-hero, I'm not telling uh, you guys anything. Spaghetti loves his 21st century TV shows, and Hench, obviously you write 21st century TV shows, but the anti-hero has kind of emerged, and a new wrinkle from, you know, from uh, Tony Soprano and Don Draper and Breaking Bad and all those guys, these flawed people that we're rooting for. What's a newer thing in the last decade or so is that now villains all have a reason that you can kind of relate to. I know that's an old thing, like Spider-Man's foes, I think, right? Or they, they're kind of, generally speaking, you would say, like, they're tragic. The, the the reason that they became a villain is for tragic backstory reasons. Um, and so is true with Darth Vader, I guess, as well, to bring it back to, to Star Wars stuff. This is, this is old school bad guy. This is like Wicked Witch of the West kind of stuff, right? There's no, there isn't, I haven't heard anything unless I'm missing it. That's like, yeah, but you got to give Dan Snyder a break because like, I, I haven't heard one person mount that, that case, right? No, he I mean, is across the board. Like, I mean, well, he's it, way down with the all time work. Exactly. Like, you know, I, I, obviously even the, the most virulent Trump haters had to admit that was funny when he said that to Jeb Bush. Like that was just legitimately funny for someone to say you're low energy, get off the stage in a presidential debate. Like nobody had seen anything like it. Like Daniel Snyder's never made anyone laugh. He's never said anything funny or interesting. Like he's just, yeah, there's nobody. What are his, what are his character witnesses even going to say about him? Is, you know, anyway, so that <laughs> makes it worth the watch. I'm looking forward to it. So there ends. Our goat and goats of the week. Oh, and by the an way, I, th- I, got, I got an honor. I got an okay, honorary go goat. An honorary goat. This is, uh, you know, you know, because I'm a storyteller, but I like to think this, this, this is my honorary goat, which is just hatched from my own imagination. Someone who works pretty high up in the NFL scheduling office. I, you know, I we don't know we don't know their names, but this person's pretty high up. I like to think they had an 18 month back and forth back and forth with Amazon over a missing package. Like they had a, like a year and a half of their life was like, um, I paid for it. It never came. You know, where is my thing? We sent it like just 18 months ruining this person's life. And then they 
ultimately have control of which games Jeff Bezos gets on Thursday night. Like that this is an angry NFL scheduling employee. Cause I mean, every week we go through this where we're like, just luck of the draw. There's going to be a good Thursday night game, right? Eagles, Texans. What the hell? Worst team in the league against the best team in the league. And then I was like, so I'm like, of course, come Thursday. I'm always like kind of excited. Like, let's see if there's a game that, that you know, can can make even Kirk Herbstreet interesting. Let's see. Oh, Falcons, Panthers. This 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 disgruntled NFL scheduling employees like I'm going to imagine it's possible that these are the only football games Bezos has ever watched. What am I paying for? This is the worst <laughs> entertainment. Uh, this is so much worse than Enola Holmes. Why would anyone watch this? It's funny. I hadn't thought about this. What you're what you're getting at there is, uh, first of all, I've laughed about it because I like I, I know I'm up on Mount Pius about it. I don't love Al Michaels belly aching for the millions of dollars. Like every. Every game we have to hear about, oh, poor Kirk Herbstreet's got a tough travel schedule coming up. Yeah, to watch football games, to go to fun places and talk about football and then watch those games. And they're always bellyaching those two about poor them that they have to watch these bum games. Poor us that have to watch them. But Bezos is reportedly in on trying to buy these commies as soon as they come available. Wonder if this spooks him or if he buys them because if he's running the show at Amazon – Aren't the other 31 teams going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are all the good games now on Thursday night? Isn't that going to be the result? I wonder <laughs> the if that will be a business legit conflict go, of interest. I'll buy the team. I'll put everyone out of their misery. I'll pay top dollar for the team, but I need assurances that my team will not be on Thursday night. My, my super not interesting <laughs> team. I won't be saddled. Maybe maybe his first move will be hiring offensive guru Matt, Matt Patricia. Patricia to show he's plugged in um, on pro football. All right, so thus ends our goat and goat. I do have to say, I should really make it top of the show. Um, the Shecky Awards, the granddaddy of all Shecky categories, is of course fruit of the year. This deserves headlines, not middle of the show kind of stuff. But I, I'm gonna say, call this, you know, you know, whip over carrot kind of stuff. Me sending a threat, a message to the fruit world. I've done it before, and it has yielded better results. Call it whatever you want. I'm going to say it right now. Envy Apple, out of contention for fruit of the year. The dynasty of fruit this millennium is out of contention. You have no chance of winning, Envy Apple, and you did it to yourself with your lousy product this year. You think you can just live off of passing? Well, same as Alabama. Like, hey, we, we beat Alabama. Yeah, well, this, this version of Alabama ain't that good. Are we supposed to sing songs about it? Same goes for you, Envy Apple. You're not the standard by which fruits are judged anymore. Your past version may be, not your 2022 version. Shame the devil. See Spaghetti. Right, now let's so move So Spaghetti, we, we see that he conceptually, he can understand what's going on with the Penguins. Right. He can understand it in Apple form, but, but so we can get him there. We can get him that. The- right, you want to make a bet? Go ahead. You want to, you think Pasternak is going to keep you? This is one you've wanted to do. You've, you've texted me and Spaghetti. Let's get a little side bet three way here. Yeah. Spaghetti gets the bread man. Yep. You get Pasternak. I get 87. And that's it. And just raw art end of season highest, point total. Highest ranked in the Art Ross rankings. Wins. Okay. We can, we can determine okay, what's the a, a denomination okay. that works for all okay. of us. They're all healthy right now, right? 
Correct. Okay. What works? What works? Yes. You know what's funny? Hinch is rich that, if he hasn't mentioned it spaghetti. Uh, so with, you, well, you decide. But if we had a set odds to that, though, like I would Breadman be the favorite? I think so. Just based off last year? I think so. I think I'd be the favorite. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably be minus something. Yeah. It's interesting because um, we've got we've got two guys who are nicknamed after empty carbohydrates and a third guy who plays in the third period like he's eaten a bunch of empty carbohydrates. I don't know why you would go after the face of the game. He's a he's, he's a a charming guy. He's the he's the anti Dan Snyder. Everybody's on board with him. What are we a down on eighty seven? Don't you see what he's done for the game? You think Didn't it's on just, ESPN and I mean, you watch or whatever? Game. If it weren't I've been for eighty seven, game recently where he was minus four, maybe he looked great. Uh, I don't know, but you you you've come around Listen, with the NBA. He's a champion three times over. You think he has the any any interest in in putting out in in uh, November? Come on, he's, he's he's working up towards something more important. Than okay, him. all right. Well, this will be um, fun. Okay, so we're gonna make a side bet. Best we'll figure bets. out the uh, the the value for that. Best bets, as I do as we launch into them, I'll give you my college football plays. I went six and two last week, so better than usual. So listen up here. I told you. I'm going with the Bulldogs that are the underdog here against the favored dogs that are the Bulldogs from Athens, Georgia. Mississippi State, I have the feeling that this is one of those Mike Leach kind of games. The season is worthwhile if they show up for this one. 16, it's down to. I had it at plus 16 and a half, plus 16. Mississippi State, Penn State, lay the 10 and a half. This is, uh, this is a Jimmy Franklin special that he wins these games and wins them handily um, against secondary competition. He just doesn't win the big games. Colorado USC under 66 and a half. Colorado stinks. That means the Trojans would have to carry the day. They won't get it to to that high. Pitt UVA over 40. I'm going to play that one. I think Pitt is starting to get it going a little bit again now that their season has been rendered mostly meaningless. Indiana, Ohio State, this is the play of the week. Over 57 and a half. The CJ Stroud needs a big game. The Hoosier scratch out enough points to get you over 57 and a half. Um, I guess semi bold. It stands out seven points. The Longhorns are giving the undefeated TCU. That seems weird to me. I say take the weird number and uh, take the Longhorns minus the seven. And then TCU and the Longhorns go over 65. Those are my college plays. Let's get into it. What stands out to you, Kevin Hench, this weekend? Um, well, for you know, the aforementioned uh, bad goat bowl in Vegas, that number is 42 and a half. And it's like <laughs> Waller and Renfro are headed to IR. The Colts don't have a quarterback. How that game would get over 40, I have no idea. So take uh, under 42 and a half, just jumps out at me. Um, then two, like two games, I, you know, obviously, you know, I'm very high on the Niners and uh, and angry at, at the Chargers, although, you know, those injuries are no fault of their own. But I think Niners, Chargers, it's a big number, but I think there's a big gap between those two teams too. And I think this is where you see it manifest. I think the Niners will go – to three and zero against Los Angeles, they'll they'll, they'll own. That's LA. also one my, that's one of my best bets too. I'm with you on that one. It stands out as a again seven points it ain't jive, but I think the Niners 
in the back half of this season emerge as one of the real contenders out of the NFC. So I'm with you. And then this one is a little uh, going to get cutting against the grain, a little counterintuitive maybe. Um, But the logic I'm using is that all Tom Brady, as we've been talking about all, all 2022, all he wants is to get away from that family. So I think this game being in Munich, is exactly what he needs to to return mm. to form. We saw a little bit of it at the end of the Rams game. I, I mean, I, I'm not – it's not smoke and mirrors in Seattle. That's a pretty good team. But Bucks giving two and a half in Munich, Tom Brady enjoying some some peace overseas. I, I like the Bucks who are going to somehow win that division. And I, you know, and the Seahawks are not going to win their division. And I think that this is a game that will send those two teams more in the direction where they belong. The other question I had, so that's my, I, I those agree with you. I want to jump in on, I want to jump in on that one to say that this is a classic weird number. There is no reason if you've watched the two teams play so far this season that the Seahawks would be getting points from that team. It makes zero sense. Ergo, I have to take that team that's given the points. It makes – what explanation? And the other thing, as much as I've talked bad about Brady, about how lousy he's been, he's either PO'd or more regularly this season just feels completely apathetic. I think the hug with Byron Leftwich at the end of that game, that – I felt like there was fire, there was passion there, and maybe this launches them to better days and a better second half of the season. So I'm going to take the Bucks. I'm with you there over there in Germany. Okay, and then this is more just a question for you college football experts. Did I see this right? Lane Kiffin getting 12 at home against a not very good Alabama team? Why is that? Is there a big injury? or what? That number seems crazy, right? Spaghetti, how say you on that? I agree, but Sal jumped in on extra points to announce that here comes Bama and they're going to make a run at the playoff. And Mm -hmm. it kind of makes sense that they could get in there into the title game as long as LSU loses. Um, But I I thought that number was was bizarre myself. Spaghetti, how say you? I'm with Sal. I'm 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 100% with Sal on that. I think. I mean, Alabama has more talent there than more talented team. Lane Kiffin's on this before, too, where he's had teams that have had success in the regular season, but anytime it's a really, really big game, he, he does not win it or they'll have a, they'll stumble with a bad loss. I just think, yeah, Alabama – LSU is better than I thought. I said that it was a joke that they were ranked top 10. Um, I think Alabama also caught a very good Tennessee team. Like, people have to stop getting down – on teams because of a loss like Tennessee is still very very good and they beat a very good Alabama team with a five-star quarterback who could go top three in the draft I think Alabama will win this game and remind you who the you know one of the he's the better coach Dick Saban than Lane Kiffin he wants to beat a guy that you know is part of his staff um I, it's a lot of points for a reason I think so I'm, I'm kind of with Sal I don't know you look at the a and game I, mean, I like where your head's at Tennessee and Tennessee and LSU might be good but A&M's not good and, you know, the other thing about Bama is like, I think we just become so conditioned to Alabama having two wide receivers who are both better than any receiver on our NFL teams, right? I mean, you know, certainly me and Spaghetti have been going through that for quite a long time. Sheck, you've had a couple of decent receivers, but like, it's, you know, you know, whether it's Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Devontae Smith, uh, you know, um, Jameson Williams, John Mechie, like the Bama receivers 
are, you know, Jalen Waddle, like they're just Jerry Judy. They're just sending out guys that are better than your team's wide receivers. And this year I was combing through the draft board, uh, you know, with all the wide receivers. And it's like, where are the Alabama guys? Um, when, you know, they're not projected to go in at all. They're not a first round wide receiver on that squad. So anyway, I, I defer to you guys. You, you, I'm glad you disagree, but um, that, that if I'll put a little on, on Lane Kiffin, although I agree that he lays an egg usually at the big ones, but plus 12 at home, I could see Alabama winning by 10, but man, that seems like a huge number. What do you I guys think? I mean, there are four games that they could have taken L's in. They did in fact take L's in, in half of those games. This is just not a vintage Alabama Team, it's the same as Brady losing to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. People, like, you, the Eagles beat the Patriots. Yeah, it was Tom Brady and a and a bunch of you know Jags, but just a guy, just a guys. Well, I guess Gronk was out there, but yeah, you, you get my point. Yeah, just because it's Nick Saban in Alabama doesn't mean that they're a world beater every single year. They just have been for the last decade, not in twenty twenty two. We don't do this enough. And I saw Shaq at football on Sunday, which was really fun. Um, you know, Shaq. Obviously, the Chargers thing we can apologize for, you know, injuries. But Sheck was early and aggressive on Eagles plus 170 to win that division. Like that, a clarion call to the betting window, Eagles plus 170 to win that division. So we have to pat ourselves on the back. And then because we're not going to talk about baseball for quite a while, I would like to say I said bet the Phillies game one when that number goes down. Bet the Astros to win the series. That's what I did. I hope that's what our listeners did. Uh, we do have to remind people uh, when, when we get it spot on. And Hench is right there at the top of the leaderboard among the extra points staff in our season-long NFL Pick'em. You can play it on a weekly basis. Jump in for week 10. Go over to extrapoints.com. Jump into the arcade. Find the NFL Pick'em and play with us and against us. Match your, your wits against Kevin Hench and the rest of us. Go ahead, Spaghetti. Jump in. And now a quick break. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Yeah, so like I was saying, I haven't I've been watching so much, been reading so much, but just not translating to either college or pro picks going correctly. Um, so I'm doing a little bit differently this week uh, with Tennessee. 
and they're playing Mizzou after their loss to Georgia. Again, this is still a very good offense with Hendon Hooker. Uh, they're scoring a ton of points a game, and I think they're going to come out firing to show because that's kind of what college football is about, right? At this point, you have to have these showcase victories. You have to show that loss was just a, a one thing to forget about. So what's going to happen is they're going to come out firing. I like the uh, first half over 29 and a half. I think Tennessee may score in the 30s in the first half, um, and then you know we'll see whatever else Mizzou could do. But I think it's going to be a high-scoring first half uh, just because they want to get that off the schneid with the, the bad, ugly loss uh, to Georgia to stick with college. Football, Notre Dame, Navy, same kind of thing. The the total is only thirty nine and a half of the game. And Notre Dame's last three victories, uh, they've scored over forty points in two of those, and they scored thirty five versus Clemson. Uh, they also scored forty five versus North Carolina. Another victory. I know Navy is not very very good, but I still think Navy will score. Sometimes seeing that very strange offense, that run only offense, does give teams some struggling. Uh, you know, early on. So I do think 39 and a half is pretty low because Notre Dame can cover that by themselves. So I like those totals there. Um, switching over to the NFL, this is another weird prop, but uh, the Giants are going to win this game because of Saquon Barkley. Uh, his rushing total is 93 and a half. Uh, I think he's, he's going to hit over that. This will be a hundred yard game for a Saquon. They tennis, uh, Houston Texans cannot stop the the ground game versus any team. And I think the giants know they have to run through him and um, they're going to get him right, you know, back in, they're going to send the ball anyway and win this one because he is dealing with the shoulder that going to pe- put him in pass blocking scenarios. So I think the giants will uh, win that game. And it's because of Saquon Barkley, 93 and a half. And the other games I like, uh, I mean, I like the dolphins a lot. Hey, how crazy is that number that the giants, given where they are ha- at the halfway mark of the season, Four and a half at home to the Houston Texans? And, weird, and, for, right? the, and for the same reason you cited uh, with the Bucks, I I'm on the Texans in that game. I feel oh, like, yeah. Hmm. yeah, I, you know, something happened with the, the Tony surrender, the trip to Seattle, the, like the, everything seems to have settled. Um, and, and, uh, I just feel like, you know, still going to be it's still going to be a hugely successful season. I, I, I want Dayball to win coach of the year. But I, I just feel like especially because it's so hard for them to put up big numbers, um, you know, and, and, and I agree with I agree with Spaghetti what kind of game it'll be. And I like I like Saquon, but uh, I just think they win by three. OK, go ahead there, Spaghetti. Talk about who I think is going to be coach of the yeah. year with your next pick here. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants game goes that way, but I have a hard time seeing Davis Mills come to the Meadowlands and put up a fight. But um, I do like the Dolphins. I love the Dolphins team. Uh, the the Bears often shocked me last week of what they did versus the Dolphins defense, which I thought would have been improved. But like Tua and to not even just Tyreek Hill, but also to Waddle, like it's one of the most dynamic receiving duos statistically in NFL history, only in year one. Every game two has played, they've won in, uh, I think, three and a half is a number they could definitely cover in this game. They could seem like they could score at will. Uh, I just think every single game you're going to see the Dolphins in the high 30s, you know, and I just don't know if teams like, especially a Browns team led by Jacoby Brissett could really match that. So I do like the Dolphins there. Um, news has been coming in that uh, that Ryan Tannehill will be playing quarterback 
For the Titans, uh, they had a very, very good game versus uh, at least the first half versus the Chiefs. I feel like if Tannehill was actually in that game, Tennessee probably would have won. So I like Ten- and Derrick Henry. Obviously, what else can you say about the guy? He just never he never breaks down. He's been awesome. Uh, they're just riding him to victory, and I just don't love this Broncos offense. So the line moved down to Tennessee giving three. I still think Tennessee could win that game. Uh, I'm staying away from most of the other games, but this one may be insane. But with the news that both Darren Waller and and Hunter Renfro and like they're both on the IR and they have only played I think forty two combined snaps with the big four of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Renfro, and Waller. There's just no chemistry there. I think the Colts weirdly now are like, all right, guys, we got a coach who cares about the organization. He wants to be there. Jonathan Taylor is back. Also, kind of breaking news that he's uh, playing uh, in this game. But I know that Sam Ellinger has issues. I just feel like they could still ride Jonathan Taylor to a victory. They are getting five points on the road. I think the Raiders are in disarray. I think Josh McGales is definitely on the scorching hot seat. And this is a game that I think that it should not make any sense why the Raiders would lose it because they still are more talented, even missing those two weapons. But I still like the Colts in this game, weirdly. Only a quarterback, though. I like the Raiders better. I just like the under. But uh, it is funny once that first ax falls, like that, you know, you, now you can fire your coach. You know, it's like, and, and then we, we know there's so many firings looming and certainly Hackett and McDaniels in that division seem like the lowest hanging fruit. Like uh, we gotta, we gotta reset. Uh, Cause these are not the guys. Yeah. It's funny to, to think half of the head coaches who are rookie head coaches for that team could both lose their job. That would be, that's got to be some bit of history if two head coaches in the same division got fired after one year. Uh, you know, uh, in the meantime, wild. like I say, um, I, uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Welcome to Wrexham. Like it, it's got just some delightful and obviously I'm a soccer guy, so I, I, I love it. But uh, uh, Rob McElhaney goes and visits Jeff Lurie, the owner of the Eagles. And it's this great conversation, you know, where Lurie's talking about every year the fans would call for Andy Reid's head. And he was like, we went to the NFC championship game. I'm not going to fire this guy. Like, you know, he went like kind of as long as he could without firing his coach. And then obviously Andy Reid goes to KC and, and, and wins Super Bowl. But it it is wild when you look at Staley Hackett and McDaniels, you're like, Oh, Andy Reid's a good coach. Like, you know, like, like the gap, like the fact that the gap and, you know, obviously it's not a coincidence that, he also has the best quarterback. Those two relationships feed each other, Belichick, Brady. But it is like, you know, I it, it would be surprising. It, I, let me say this. It wouldn't be surprising if Staley, Hackett, and McDaniels don't start the season next year. I agree with you about that. And I do feel bad for the Chargers because it is largely owed to injuries more than anything else. I do, though. I have become a skeptic. Uh, Brandon Staley. We'll see how the second half of the season goes. It's not a great start that he, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen continue to struggle with injury. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for, for that team where it crosses a line from the football gods um, for me is if they take down Josh Allen. I mean, come on, don't, don't we know the story about poor Buffalo bills fans already that this team is now ripe. And by the way, I keep pointing it out. People can say it's an outmoded, way of thinking the results speak for themselves you want a superstar quarterback obviously but you also want him on his rookie deal because starting next year Josh Allen consumes 10 percent more of the cap than he consumes right now it's like 40 million dollars or something like that whereas now it's like 17 million dollars 
Um, I could, even those numbers could could be wrong off the top of my head. The point is, this team is championship ready right now. If you now re- remove the essential player from that formula, shame the devil, football gods. Get a, get, get into another life already. This is it's too much. You're picking too on much. the same teams yeah, over and much. over again. You want Justin Fields? I also think case Lamar Jackson numbers on his rookie deal, not Lamar Jackson next year putting up Lamar Jackson right. on his new deal. Right. Um, but I, I I do say I got talked. I thought the Vikes, I was ready to ride with the Vikes, but then I got talked out of it today. I'm now on Buffalo for one week. They can't ride Case Keenum for six weeks or through to the Super Bowl. But that guy has been a good, steady vet. You can plug him in. That defense is good enough that they can rally around that. And uh, What's it down to? Three and a half? The What's it down to? Three and a half is the last I saw it. Yeah, I think I, I, I think I like the Bills in that spot in the uh, circle the wagons effect in the short term. Dolphins laying four. I get it with the Browns. And it's easy to get the, to be a prisoner of the moment or look at what we just saw last week. Hey, the, the Bears ran all, all over the Dolphins. Yeah, that was a lot of Justin Fields doing that off script. Obviously, we know that Nick Chubb is going to have the ball handed off in his belly on first and second downs more often than not. The Dolphins will be ready for that and will more than offset it with the unstoppable pass catchers that they have. So I like the Dolphins confidently the there. That's the Chubb Cowboy. Bowl, right? Chubb Bowl? Chubb v. Chubb? Chubb Bowl, yep. Chubb on Chubb crime. At some point, we'll go down there. Um I I could give you the Cowboys. I make a case there, but I'm going to instead say take the over Cowboys in Green Bay in Lambeau. Um, I think that uh, the Cowboys defense ain't jive, but I think that Rodgers and company show up, put some points on the board in front of the home crowd. That four and a half, five, I mean, visiting Dallas. I do think I've decided it, though. I think Dallas is going to the Super Bowl out of the Ooh. NFC, if not them, the Niners. So lay that seven that Hench already mentioned. I also like the Lions plus three here. Interesting spot for uh, for them and their foe. And then Sal made this his outright um, dog of the week. He is picking straight up the commies against the Eagles. He says the commies are going to win that one. I'm not going to get that nuts with it because I'm not required to. I'll just tell you plus 11 is a lot of points. Four out of the last five double-digit dogs. Um, they've gotten over. Um, the only one who didn't was the Steelers against the Eagles <laughs> in Philadelphia two weeks ago. That's not something to laugh about. That's not no, crazy. I'm only it's laughing because I was I was so confident in them uh, when they got that huge number. <laughs> well, that was the only one that came through. Um, I think that double digit favorites at this point. It's too, especially given what the commies are doing. What are we looking at, everybody? They're playing well, reasonably well. If they hadn't. Uh, done the Carson Wentz mistake as I counseled them against. I love it. By the way, it's just because you know you, you've you've been high on this guy and and uh, and he does make a difference. And you know the Robinson Gibson, like that's a nice little two headed r- running back situation they have there. And uh, of course, the outside counsel that the commies hire you know, to defend their scumbaggery. Of course, I'm sure those are scumbags too. So it's like they invoke Robinson getting shot as their response to the DA in DC. They like, hey, why don't you keep our players from getting shot instead of filing consumer protection? Like kind of apples and oranges there, guy. And so then, so then Robinson's agent has to respond immediately with like, hey, dip 
That is not acceptable to invoke my client's, you know, near fatal gunshot experience because you have bad PR all the time. It's just like every day, another headache uh, for that. It's so true. wounds. It is like it, Dan Snyder's commies are like they're like pepper spray getting shot off like anyone who comes within within uh, uh, the same building is going to be worse for the wear for it. Like the attorney wrote that. How did that get out to the the attorney? Like who? He's not even with the organization. How did that statement get out? It's so weird. But the but the point is, is that the whole thing is is sullied. And on some level, I guess we should be celebrating Ron Rivera more than we are that somehow this team has been on a, on a little bit of a heater uh, amidst all this ridiculous. Pepper, spray, but anyway, would be, pepper they, spray would be a better nickname for this team. <laughs> the pepper sprays. I like that. Um, yeah, they should do some 21st century weaponry, you know, like, yeah, they, they, they don't do that. Like the, the tasers, yeah, like the tasers. Yeah. Like the taser. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, all right, listen, we've said it all and I don't think we the need predator to say drones. We've gotten you right. The predator drones. <laughs> That's better than the commies in DC. Point is. Our nation's capital should be ashamed of itself between the capitals, turquoise uniforms and the football team that they put out for us to have to watch. It's a disgrace. Hey, by hey, the way, hey, maybe when same, Bezos, goes for you, same goes for you wizards. When Bezos buys me, do whatever you want. Like this is a good like this is a good football name, but also great military hardware. Uh, the Washington Warthogs. They got it's got hogs. Yeah, it's got hogs same, yeah. in the name. It's got hogs, a little homage to the glory days. The warthogs. What's what's a warthog? It there? really is. That really is ideal. I All love right. it. That's a, you, you, you nailed it there. Um, we've gotten you right before the weekend even has arrived here. Go and place those bets. Or if you want to be a creep, go ahead and fade us. Either way, we don't care. Um, just play along with us, extrapoints.com in the arcade. NFL Pick'em is always available for you. Great stuff from Kevin Hench, as always. We thank him, and make sure you check out all the other great shows on the Extra Points Network, including Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti's Waiver Wired. We'll be back with Mr. Lister, our list-based sports trivia game, next Tuesday night at 7 p.m., as we do each week there, and all the other great shows, like I mentioned, on the Extra Points Network. Track them down. You'll be better for it. And until the other side of the weekend, where we'll try to figure out what we got wrong and make sense of what's going to happen coming up. Thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.